faithwire.com. A Fox News journalist has died in Ukraine. Today is Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We'd love to have you with us as we go through the news of the day with a Christian perspective. And joining me today, as always, Trey Gones Phillips, Billy Hallowell, also from CBN's Faithwire.com with a quick look at what's coming up. What's going on, guys? Happy Tuesday to you. Well, we're just living the dream, as yeah. always, preparing preparing for the weekend, getting everybody ready for yep. it. It's coming. Indeed, indeed. One step that, closer. Right. That is uh, the best export of this podcast, <laughs> is preparing you for the weekend. Yes. Really talking ourselves up here. We are. We are. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to be talking about a brand new survey that was actually commissioned by the Daily Wire uh, about Americans' opinion on Disney's decision to oppose the falsely named don't say gay bill hmm. and i'm going to be talking about an ice cream truck that planned parenthood uh, <laughs> brought to uh, south by southwest on saturday to uh, promote uh, abortion access so yeah there's that uh it's like that i can't are we going to decide if that's like a onion or a babylon b article or and then we'll have to guess at the end is that that's, like, that's what that headline sounds like to me it could go either way right like oh, I'm it's, not... it's it's not a b okay it's not all a right. real all right well we'll look forward to the details on that we are going to start in Ukraine, as always, it's been just dominating the news and really tragic news coming out today as veteran Fox News cameraman um, Pierre Zakruski has died after his vehicle was struck by incoming uh, fire outside of Kiev in Ukraine yesterday. Uh, you may have seen the reports of a journalist who had been injured, and uh, that was Benjamin Hall, also of Fox News, but he was uh, working with this cameraman who also was wounded in that and ended up dying. And um, Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox News, said it's with great sadness and a heavy heart that we share the news this morning regarding our beloved cameraman, Pierre Zakruski. Um, and she said Pierre was a war zone photographer who covered nearly every international story for Fox News from Iraq to Afghanistan to Syria during his long tenure with us. His passion and talent as a journalist were unmatched. Based in London, Pierre had been working in Ukraine since February. Um, and so it just sounds like he was the you know, consummate professional there, just out in the field doing all the stuff, shooting uh, video and editing video and doing all the producer roles out there. And it can be very chaotic in a war zone. And obviously just a tragic, tragic, shocking end here and... It's just very, you know, and it makes me think of our own George Thomas, who there, who's we've been talking to on this podcast and elsewhere on CBN, as he's been there since February as well, uh, ahead of the invasion. And we've talked to him multiple times, and, and we talked to him earlier today and then prayed with him on a prayer event for Ukraine. And it just, it hits home when you see this happen here, the danger that, that these reporters and others are putting themselves in in order to bring you the truth, which... Guys, we've seen this information, that the misinformation that's coming out. So it is critical what these guys and women and men and women are doing on the ground there as far as journalism goes. Because otherwise it would be, I mean, it's already hard to know what's real, what's not when you look at the Russian misinformation coming. And so what these people do is, is vital for us to have a, have a clue as to what is going on. And just this morning, guys, during that prayer event, I would encourage you to go watch it if you want to help and pray 
for the people of Ukraine. Um, we talked to George, who gave just a incredible update outside in Kiev, where a uh, you may have seen it going viral this morning. A uh, apartment building was hit by a rocket attack, and George was right near there. He said his he said his the church he was staying at just shook like in the middle of the night three times, three massive explosions, and that's what it was that rocket, which he said was actually intercepted um, by Ukraine. Ukrainian uh, forces intercepted the missile, but it like landed down and impacted there. Um, so just obviously tragic situation. All the windows blown out. The building is smoldering. Cars are, you know, blown to bits. And just uh, it it looks like a scene out of that Will Smith movie. I am legend. Like, you know, everything is just rubble and smoldering and fires going on. And it's just it's it's a horrific scene. And. The human toll on that, guys, which is has been uh, devastating. And we spoke with um, CBN Europe's Mark Dykins, who gave us an update on the humanitarian situation on the ground. They're providing relief through Operation Blessing. And you can text OB Crisis to 71777 if you'd like to help and support those efforts. They He, he talked about all the stuff they're doing, and it's really incredible because millions of people are coming across the border. He said the line just does not stop. Day and night, people are just coming through. They're coming through. He's in Poland across the border. And they're providing... I mean, these are people who have just had to pick up on a moment's notice with their families, many of them little kids. And it's the women and children that have to come over because the men have to stay back uh, in that certain age range. I think 18 to 60, I believe it is. Um, but... The men, are, so the men drop off the women and the children there, and so now you have this influx of people. What do you do? And so they're ministering to those people um, with with immediate needs, uh, with the gospel. And so, if you want to support them, support Operation Blessing. But so Mark gave that update on what's going on there, and then we spoke with a, a former CBN employee who lives in Ukraine. She's Ukrainian. Her name is Luda, and she had to flee. She's here in the United States now, but in the first few days of this conflict. She and her nine-year-old daughter fled, and she described the journey, guys, of leaving Ukraine and what it took just to get out. And this was in the early days when probably all the roads weren't all closed off in the in the West yet. And, I mean, she had to walk. Uh, first of all, it was hard to get gas. She said already gas was basically rare and hard to find there in Ukraine. So once they were able to get that, they they made it out to the West, and then... They still had a ways to go, and there was just a line of cars, so that people were telling them it's just better to walk. So she walked 14 miles with her nine-year-old daughter uh, wow, to get wow. to the to get to the border, and she was just teary-eyed as she was recounting this because now she's split up from her son and her husband, who are both they both had to stay. So she and her daughter are here, and she, and she said her daughter was was has just been terrified because that's they ended up waking up to explosions where they lived and um this was before the war you know right when the war had started they, they were kind of confused as to what was going on and so her daughter being only nine you know has been just traumatized by this and having to leave the house she said just with her pajamas on they just basically made the decision at some point to up and go and they couldn't really take much so none of her stuffed animals none of her comfort items just her pajamas whatever they could grab and then off they went and you just know that that's one story out of millions, guys. And it's just, it's it's incomprehensible to, you know, really fully 
grasp what's going on there. And just hearing one account of it was, uh, I mean, it was really just, it was tragic and it was really difficult to hear. And, but I was also at the same time, glad that this CBN audience loves to pray for people and lift them up. And so it was, it was a blessing to pray for, uh, that family, uh, and the people of Ukraine together as an audience and as, as a company. So, um, so that's, what's going on there, you know, continue to pray for George Thomas and, and all the people of Ukraine. And uh, if you want to see the specific prayer points, go ahead and check out, we'll put the uh, link here in the podcast, um, for, for you to go check out that event. But, uh, definitely continue to be praying for the people of Ukraine. Yeah. You know, it's such a, um, it's such an unimaginable thing to all of us because we're, we get so upset about silly things and here you've yeah. got an entire country you know, you imagine your home, everything you know, and it's one thing to sort of watch these things on the news. It's another thing, you know, when you have a prayer event like this and you hear accounts of what it's like to flee and to just leave your home and to only take what you can carry. And I mean, I don't think any of us can relate to that in this country whatsoever. Um, and this is not something that we should, as believers, just forget about and move past and pretend it's not happening. This is a massive humanitarian crisis with uh, people who really need not just the material items and possessions, but but prayer. And so I love that that we're getting to hold those kinds of events. Yeah, hmm. yeah, for sure. And I also have been so like even convicted at times looking at the tweets that um, George Thomas is is posting up. If you go to his Twitter account now, the pinned tweet right at the top uh, is from Sunday or from the weekend. Uh, it might have been Saturday uh, of a worship service that was held at a church. And he said, I'm 20 miles from the Russian border. We can hear bombs going off. Uh, but these people are coming together to pray they're coming together to worship and they're joyful and you know they're glad for the opportunity to be together uh it just it's a good reminder of um where our priorities lie right like if it's easy to to get distracted i think in in our world right now because there are so many different things vying for our attention um but when everything else is uh, has come crashing down like it has for the people in ukraine uh, you're really just left with the foundational truth of the gospel. Um, and they're they're really leaning on that in a profound way. And it's just, it's encouraging to see other brothers and sisters trusting God like that. And it, it's a reminder that we are called to trust him just the same way. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So keep those prayers with uh, Ukraine, people of Ukraine, and, and specifically for uh, our own George Thomas, who still remains over there. And is definitely, yeah. as you hear the news of this Fox News cameraman, tragic news and our prayers are with their family as well yeah and also pray for benjamin hall he's yeah. the other fox news reporter who is with the cameraman uh he's injured he's still in the hospital but just continue to pray for his recovery mm. so all right story number two so uh americans are apparently not too pleased with disney's decision to condemn uh the parental rights bill in florida which some have called uh, incorrectly, the don't say gay bill. So according to a survey commissioned by the Daily Wire, a clear majority of Americans, 67%, believe the Walt Disney Company was wrong to come out against the parental rights uh, in education bill. Uh, so this is what the bill actually does. It says that you can't talk about uh, gender identity, sexual orientation. Uh, you can't, teachers can't you know, infuse that into their curriculum from pre-K through third grade. The word gay does not ever appear in the legislation. There's no ban on use of the word gay. 
uh, which you might be led to believe that if you're just looking to Democrats uh, in, right. in office there, or if you're looking at the media, uh, but it's a five-page bill. It's it's linked in our latest story uh, on this at faithwire.com. You can read the bill in a couple minutes, uh, and there is there's nothing uh, you know about the word gay. In it, so Disney CEO Bob Chapek initially, like we talked about the other day, tried to avoid taking a political stance uh, on this issue. But after intense pressure, both from inside the company and outside, uh, he gave in and announced his disappointment and concern over the legislation, uh, which, like I said, would have prohibited or would prohibit classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity through third grade. And DeSantis is expected to sign it. So this is from the Daily Wire's report. Uh, unlike other polls, the Daily Wire study presented the respondents' actual text from the legislation. The researchers then informed the respondents that Disney opposes the bill and asked them whether the company's stance is right or wrong. Uh, so the survey's 1,000 adult participants were asked, which of the following statements do you agree with the most, even if none of them is perfect? They were then given these two options. Disney is wrong. This proposal would protect children from inappropriate topics that should be discussed by parents. Or Disney is right. This proposal would be harmful to the LGBTQ community. 67%, like I said, ultimately agreed that Disney is wrong. 33% said Disney is right. Uh, And although the Daily Wire didn't clearly define what they mean by Disney consumers, uh, they reported that 61% of that subset of participants uh, believed the iconic brand was wrong uh, on their stance uh, over the Florida bill. Uh, In addition to that, 63% of Disney consumers expressed support for the parental rights and education legislation, um, and 64% said it is inappropriate for teachers to instruct students in pre-K through third grade on sexual orientation. Also, 63% believed it's inappropriate for teachers to instruct pre-K through third grade children on gender identity, Uh, and that same percentage said that schools should notify parents if kids identify as a different gender at school than they do at home. Uh, 40%, this is interesting, 40% of overall respondents of the 1,000 people who were surveyed, 40% said that they are now less likely to purchase Disney products as a result of the company's stance on the bill. Uh, so what's DeSantis's response been to this? So he uh, he didn't take too well to Disney uh, kind of seemingly strong arming or trying to strong arm him uh, and, and other politicians into changing their view uh, on this legislation. Uh, he said that uh, bills in his state uh, will not be based on, quote, the musings of woke corporations. He said, if you're family friendly, understand the parents who are actually raising families want to have their rights respected. And I also think that you have companies like a Disney that are going to say and criticize parents' rights. They're going to criticize the fact that we don't want transgenderism in kindergarten and first grade classrooms. Uh, And he said that if that's a hill to die on, uh, then Disney should maybe look into their support of the Communist Party of China. Uh, so that was uh, he, he, there were several things he criticized, but that's that's the gist of, of what he had to say. Uh, so Chapek, for his part, he said that he spoke with DeSantis on the phone uh, and uh, voiced his disagreement. He said we initially at Disney wanted to be opposed to the bill privately uh, and work behind the scenes. Uh, And they said, we were hopeful that our longstanding relationship with those lawmakers could lead to a better outcome. Ultimately, we were unsuccessful. Uh, So, and like I said, DeSantis plans to sign the bill into law. I think as far as why it matters, like we've talked about this a few times now on the podcast, whether it's Disney or or any other corporation, uh, these companies trying to pressure 
uh, you know, everyday parents into having a different opinion on how to raise their children just is not isn't going over well. And it's odd to me that corporations are are not figuring that out. It seems like it would be a better business decision to be apolitical, but there there are a few loud people on Twitter on social media that are forcing these companies. Uh, you know, or at least they're feeling forced to come out and take these positions that I just don't think are, they're not productive. No, not at all. And uh, uh, yeah, again, we, we've talked about it before in this podcast, but I, I would pinpoint this shift for corporations somewhere or after the George Floyd incident, right. because yes. I don't recall very many companies just go, just fully kowtowing to whatever the woke mob is saying, even if they agreed with right. with whatever people are outraged about. Because it wasn't financially about. wise. Right. It doesn't make sense to get in the middle of all that. It's the same reason, you know, people complain on YouTube. You see it a lot. And there is, I'm first in line to say these social media companies and platforms have an anti-conservative Christian bias because they're all, generally speaking, progressive, secular leftists. So when they enter everything into their algorithms, guess what's going to tend to fall under the um, hate speech umbrellas more often, things they disagree with. So I understand that. But a big way, the, the big misunderstanding that people have about how YouTube and others are censoring is they don't factor into account what most advertisers want. So for the example, the issue of abortion, um, that's just a controversial issue that even if you're uh, for abortion, if you try to post something on YouTube, you're you're going to get limited ability to monetize that video right. but that's not because of the stance you're taking that's because of the nature of that topic war stuff for example too it's going to get limited monetization or be ineligible because not because of your take on it but it's because well advertisers are maybe they're not looking to put their fluffy kitten product in the middle of a war <laughs> report right so there's those considerations, and again, I'm the I'm the first. I'm not dismissing the the conservative anti-conservative bias. I think that's real. It definitely happens, but a larger part of that is the strategy that employers take, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. But that's been a, but that has been abandoned. I think they don't just view it that way now. Now there is activism involved in well, their decision making yeah. process, which I think is making it worse for everyone. Well, the, the reality is if you don't comply, if you don't do what people on one side want you to do, right. they will they will destroy you. And when you're Disney, you start to panic. They try to take that middle round, you know, ground approach of not getting involved. And all of a sudden you've got, I'm sure, directors, you've got stars, you've got people saying we're not going to take part in this. You've got to worry about what activist group is going to come out and say you're not being fair. And, you know, there, there's a million factors. And so you get pressured into this. But I would say if I were Disney, the most concerning stat out of all of those, if four in 10 people surveyed are saying they're less likely to buy your product, you have mm -hmm. a problem. Yeah. Um, that's actually a major problem. And for all of the cancellation that the left does, um, the right has historically acted out on not, you know, purchasing and buying much more than the left has. Um, and so I think, you know, that, that to me would be a real red flag that he better pull back from going all in on this because it's not going to play too well for him. Mm.
Yeah. Well, I think the the unfortunate part in all of this is we've we've created everything is now an absolute zero. Like it, it's like that it it's all or one, all or nothing. Like you have to be completely in support of this legislation, and if you are not full throatedly, or if you're not full throatedly opposed to it, then you like you're 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 not worth it. Uh, so I, you know, the the way that we're playing this game, I think with everything, uh, is not uh, is not leading us down a good direction. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think that brings us to our last story, which honestly is a bit of a strange one. The South by Southwest <laughs> um, conference, you know, collection of conferences is going on in Austin, Texas um, through, I think it goes for another few days. Um, and Planned Parenthood, they were very present at this event. Um, they held a number of, of little gatherings. There was at least one um, sit-down conversation that the president of Planned Parenthood had with actress Busy Phillips. Um, but they also were present in another form, an ice cream truck. Planned Parenthood rolled in an ice cream truck. And I'm just going to read you the tweet from Alexis McGill-Johnson. She's the president of Planned Parenthood Action Fund and also the president and CEO of the Planned Parenthood Federation of America. She tweeted Saturday, quote, ice cream, you scream, we all scream for abortion rights. Um, and so they're using, they were using. It doesn't using even the, rhyme. I mean, can I just I interject? It doesn't even, the alliteration well, isn't there. Yeah. It also anyway. doesn't make sense to snuff out the lives of the <laughs> right. innocent. Right, no, that, there's are. that too. Yeah. Um, but here we are. So they they basically had this little ice cream truck, and there's a video of her sitting in it, and there, people are cheering, and she's introducing people. Um, but they apparently thought this was going to be a really good way to advertise themselves. And and then she goes on to say, catch us at, um, at the conference and stop by to grab some free bands, bands off swag, because they have their little bands off, you know, my our bodies and all that their little hashtags condoms and education on the cold and here it is on the cold-hearted policies of the texas legislature so because texas is apparently cold since they've enacted these pro-life policies they got an ice cream truck um, and then on the truck there's all these different slogans it says ice cream as cold as texas politicians um ice cream you scream again abortion rights for all so all this is you know all over the truck and then they've got little just like a normal ice cream truck and the the part of this that is so mind-boggling as she's sitting in the truck they've got like the routine regular ice cream truck music playing in the background Um, and so people reacted to this obviously and the reactions were really interesting because you had obviously a number of pro-life people i'm sure reacting one person said quote that is creepy Another added, you are monstrous ghouls. And then there were some other people, though, who uh, one woman, she said that she was very pro-choice, but she questioned the use of the truck. Another person said, this is exactly why I'm no longer pro-choice, these sorts of antics. And so, you know, I think the why that why does it matter here is that this is just bizarre. I think there's a real tone deafness. And, you know, outside of the tone deafness and the weirdness of it, it's actually tragic that people would get an ice cream truck, something children enjoy and use it to endorse the ending of the lives of children. I mean, how disconnected from the reality of the issue you're dealing with, do you have to be to roll in an ice cream truck? I don't know. I mean, it's just bizarre to me. It is, but I mean, what do you, I mean, I can't expect anything non-disturbing to come from a company that (laughs) makes most of their money by you know performing abortions so and celebrating abortions it's 
we've moved well beyond the place of safe, legal, and rare. That's not yeah. a thing anymore. And, um, you know, I think what ha- has happened, what we've seen are people in the pro-abortion side of things realizing the logical inconsistency of their argument. Like, you can't be all for this thing and then have it be murder and what not want it to happen, right? Like, well, we don't... We don't really want this thing to happen, but we want you to be able to do it. It doesn't make any sense. So I think you're seeing this shift into the celebration of abortion now. And I think it's out of necessity because they realize they're being inconsistent. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's sad. It really is. Yeah, I think that's a good point too, Dan. But I, I, this just goes back to what I was saying yesterday. On the, I think it was yesterday on the podcast of, about how we are just in this place now where we completely celebrate any sort of sin. Like it's not something that was at one time safe, legal and rare. Like it's something that's worth like shout your abortion era. And I think that's for any number of issues, whether it's an LGBTQ thing where, I mean, we even openly talk about how pride is, is, is like wonderful and something to be celebrated. So we're in this era now, cultural era where we have turned all of the principles that we know to be true from scripture on their heads uh, and and we're loudly and boldly celebrating these things, and it's concerning. But I think it's at least the the benefit of that is the mask is off, and you're just being honest yeah. about your position. Yeah. So it's easier to engage in arguments and discussions that way. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're 100 percent right, and um, it is it is. I mean, there's so many areas, as you said, that that the gospel values are being assaulted, and um, yeah. so. It's, you know, it's our job as Christians to try to lead people back to Christ and, and hopefully he will open their eyes. So to the and truth. And pray for these people. Pray yeah, for them. Definitely. They, they need it. Yeah, absolutely. Pray for, sure. for the lost. Because they are very lost. So, all right, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. We will be back here tomorrow. As always, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. God bless.